Hi everyone. So I'm currently recording this intro in Mexico. It is the final few hours of my 27th year. And it's so interesting because I was here at this exact place exactly a year ago. And wow, so much has shifted in myself, in my life, just everything. Um, For the past few years, I've traveled for my birthday. And for me, something about being away from my usual environment and work and to-do lists, errands, everything... I don't know, I just feel like being away sets the tone for expansion and abundance for the year to come, like, hey universe, (laughs) I want more of this, and yeah, I just find a way to make it work, and over the past few weeks, and especially the past few days, a lot of things are internally coming up, a lot of things I need to release that are no longer serving me, a lot of insecurity I've tried to sugarcoat that I need to confront and nurture, Um, But I'm happy to be here and so grateful to see another year. It's truly a privilege to experience life. So (laughs) I could probably continue to ramble on because I have so many thoughts happening. um, But I don't want to overdo the intro and take away from today's lovely episode. So I'm going to dive into that um, and I hope you guys enjoy. Today's guest is New York-based artist, designer, and inspiration to many, Michelle Del Rio. Michelle is a force of nature, combining her love for culture, art, music, spirituality, earth, and all else in her personal realm into her soft yet bold and unique designs. She truly embodies all the senses, and each design is hand-sewn with love right out of her New York apartment. We chat about creating beauty in our lives, finding inspiration outside of the norm, and we get personal with her roots, upbringing, and the grit it takes to build something of your own. We dive into the circle of discovering, undiscovering, and rediscovering when creating something meaningful to yourself and aligning with your purpose. This episode gently reminds us not to judge a book by its cover and to always stay true to yourself and your intuition. Before I even knew how We All Dream would be introduced into the world, I was eager to involve Michelle in any aspect I could, so I'm really excited to have her on the show, and I hope you guys enjoy. Sending all my love from Mexico, and thank you for the sweet birthday love and wishes. I love you guys so much. Adios. sleeping the past few nights so I'm just like kind of glad to at least have like a full night's rest and just kind of like feel recharged because I have not been feeling charged how are you I honestly feel the same I I don't know if like something's going on with the planets or I don't really know but I've also been having um, a lot of sleepless nights as well as um just like really intense dreams like I'm almost like putting films on in my dreams it's insane like I wake up and I'm like what is actually happening like this 
I don't even know this dream world that I'm living in and like all the chaotic stuff that's happening. But I do feel like last night was the first night that I got a good night rest. So yeah, I feel like I have dreams that are always like about the end of the world, which is like really, oh, interesting. (laughs) They're always, they always have to deal with like climate change. It's like really crazy. Like I had this really crazy dream that there was like this giant, like black hole and it was like it was like approaching this like seaside town that I was like living in or something and like everything was being sucked into this hole and it was like everything was like in slow motion and then this giant like silver sphere just came up from the water and I just remember everyone just like running away from it and I was like why are these dreams always like this like (laughs) do I have I have like um what is it like climate change anxiety I started Mm -hmm. looking it up because it was like it's an actual thing like people actually have like fear of like you know the world ending in a way where it's like dealing with climate and Mm -hmm. yeah it's I get dreams like that That's, (laughs) that's so interesting I have one um healer who believes that our dreams are just like another form of like a realm that we're actually experiencing things And then I have another healer that's just like, oh, your dreams are just speaking to you or your worries or your fears or, you know, giving you hidden messages. And I'm like, are we actually experiencing this in like some other realm? Because we're actually there, like our soul being is there. There has to be something said about like our subconscious and our dreams. I really Mm -hmm. do feel like the brain is so like we haven't even tapped into all the abilities of our brain. So I feel like perhaps there is like a sensory where we just like, know things or we pick up on certain things and they come up in our dream world which I like highly believe in that like my mom is like I feel like she's like an oracle every time she has a dream she doesn't dream often but every time she has a dream it always happens like she called me and she's like I keep having dreams about a baby like a baby girl like two baby girls and she's like are you pregnant and I'm like no I'm not like a week later it was like my two cousins who are sisters were both pregnant and it's like oh my okay, god mom yeah so she gets like these crazy dreams and messages and yeah and I, I I truly believe that like our brain is so advanced that we don't even know how to actually explain or even understand our brain's capabilities because I, mm-hmm. I mean it's just you know I'm like really interested in like mediumship and yeah. how certain people know certain things and like the brain waves that are tapped and like when there was like a research done on like these mediums and like their brain wave activity is like in their frontal lobe and it was like an excess of activity in the front so like there has to be something set like yeah you know we just haven't tapped into it <laughs> yeah I definitely find that so interesting my mom I grew up in like you know, a very um, non-typical household with my mom being in the holistic field and uh, just being a super spiritual being and like learning about all this, like the experiences she's had. I mean, she's had visions and dreams that people have to take a lot of like plant medicine to get to. And she doesn't really do any of that. And it's kind of crazy. Like her dreams also usually either come true or like give her some type of like messaging, but she's so intuitive and almost like psychic that I haven't like tapped into that ability quite yet, like to the Mm. um, extent she has, Mm -hmm. but I always find it so interesting. And I'm like, this is something our ancestors definitely used. Yeah. That's so funny. I, my mom is very much the same. Like I had a story. I would, I always tell everyone the story because I don't know how else to explain my mom, but like, Mm. 
whenever I had a sore throat when I was younger, she would do Reiki on me. Like she's very, uh, very spiritual. Like my whole yeah. family is extremely spiritual. And I used to like reject it mm-hmm. so much until like I moved away and I was getting like all of these like really weird feelings yeah. or like thoughts that would happen. And I was like, mom, what is going on? She's just like, oh, you know, like your aunt deals with that too. And I was like, this is normal yeah. because it's, I feel like a freak. Yeah. (laughs) So I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that so wild? I also remember just like rejecting it, like being so embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I remember we would have like birthday parties and my mom would invite like her crystal friend over for all of like my friends to Mm -hmm. choose crystals and do readings and all of that. And I'd be like, mom, why can't I have a normal birthday? And now my friends are like begging for that. They're like, can we do a reading with your mom? Like, yeah, it's crazy how it changes, but that's um, how it goes. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I honestly predicted this. I was like, she's going to come on the podcast and I feel like we're going to have a million things to talk about. And we're like already like diving into it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So for, I mean, I, I guarantee majority of our listeners already have an idea of who you are and what you do, but for those who don't, let's just start pretty basic on who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Michelle, and I am from Ventura, California. Um, I lived there for like <clears throat> majority of my childhood, and then we moved to Florida, which was like really insane for me. It was like a really crazy switch coming from like a small beach town to like the middle of nowhere, like racist area. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm a designer. I don't really know how to like explain exactly what I do because I'm still trying to figure that out the best thing I could say or the best way I could say it is I like to make things Mm -hmm. I don't yet know how to put that into a business and start a business from the things I make but at the same time I'm like having a hard time connecting with like the capital side of fashion so it's kind of like at the moment I'm taking a step back and like not really pushing product like how I was before when I like did the second launch now I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of like reevaluating everything and just looking at it as a sculpture rather than like a garment if that makes sense I'm kind of like taking back and like reclaiming what fashion means to me because Mm -hmm. like moving to New York I think it was just kind of like you see everyone around you and they're like a fashion designer and the other people that have their own brands and stuff. And I just had a really hard time connecting with some. And I feel that I think my process is a little bit more different than other people. Um, So yeah, it's, it's more of like, it's more of like when I, when I make a garment with my own hands, everything I make is handmade in my literal living room. I see it as a sculpture. Like I look at it and I'm like, okay, what can I do? What do I do this? What do I do here? Like I don't have the external help of like pattern makers or mm-hmm. production or any of that. So I'm like very involved in everything I do. So I look at it as more of like an artist's expression rather than like a fashion line or fashion brand at the moment. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, because I also consider you when I think of you as an artist versus like uh, the typical designer designer, um, yeah. yeah, because I, you are a designer, you're designing beautiful <clears throat> things that you put out in this world. But I will say like, 
to what you said um you know you're not you're not adding to like this mass consumption um I don't know like this big fashion industry in the sense of like producing an extensive amount of items you're really like you're handcrafting each individual piece which I think is really special because I know if I'm getting an item like that that's just like something you cherish and you hold on to because that person that you admire as an artist literally sat down in their home and hand stitched that for you or like you know it's just insane to me in like the most beautiful way so I do consider you an artist um and I think that's so beautiful that you're like taking a step back and you know kind of rediscovering like what place you want in this world yeah I because I I have most of my friends that are not in the fashion industry they're more uh painters sculptors they're or their architects, I think that it's like a different, when I ask them and like how, what their process is, it's like very similar to mine. And I just, I, I do see myself at the moment, just expressing the things that I make with my hands rather than thinking of like, oh, what's the girl that follows me going to wear? And I feel like that's where I lost it in the last collection. Like Mm -hmm. I was really focused on like summer and spring. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm so inspired by sheer uh tassels and fringe was like something my mom always wore like I was just trying to be like okay what's my customer gonna wear like I was like thinking about like starting this like Michelle Del Rio brand business like what's the client gonna wear and I just lost it I was just like you know this doesn't feel true to me Mm. it doesn't feel right and I don't I don't know if I necessarily like it Mm. so I was just kind of like okay and I took a step back I saw the spirit guide and I had like recently lost my father and I was just kind of going through a time of like grief and like I questioned everything around me. I was like, I don't even know if I like fashion. Like, I don't know if this is for me. I know I like to make things, but like, I don't necessarily involve myself so much into the world of fashion. Like, I don't know who's head of there. Like, I don't care Mm -hmm. about the newest collections coming out. Like I've never really been a part of that world yeah. like I, I I can see things and I can appreciate the beauty of it but I'm not like super like on Vogue runway you know what I mean like that's just not yes. really that hasn't been me mm-hmm. um and so I was lost because I was like okay how am I gonna do this it's like I, I know eventually I would like a brand eventually mm-hmm. but I don't know how and I don't know what's gonna make me comfortable having it yeah and then on top of that my dad passed away and I was just like, you know what, I need to like reset completely, not see anyone and just kind of be alone and like refocus. And I saw the spirit guide and she actually really inspired the newest collection that I'm working on. And she had brought all these like ancestors and my grandma who wore a lot of lace and was like telling me all the things that they were wearing. And I was like, oh my God, these are, these are all the things I'm always drawn to. And I didn't, they're not necessarily the most wearable things in New York, you know, like they're not the most like, they're more costume, like, yeah, you know, like they're, they're more costume. There's, they're more, there's more drama. There's, they're more extravagant mm. than like the pieces I've been making before. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. Like I had a moment where I was like, I have to do this this way. And so she was describing me all the things and I was like, Oh my God, like I've always pictured this, but I was always afraid to make pieces like that. Cause I was like, no one's going to buy this, yeah. you know? And I was like, you know what, like, fuck it. Like if I'm going to make a shirt and like, you know, something coming out of it 
and that's just the garment I want to make in lace. Perfect. That's it. Like I like making conceptual things. It doesn't have to be a wearable garment. And I feel like that's where I was like, okay, you're, you're, you're expressing what it is that you're making. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not thinking of the consumer so much now. And I like the way that this is going. So I just like kind of stuck with that. Yeah. I feel like that's beautiful. And also I feel like in this day and age, I, you know, I see a lot of people, including myself, struggling with a similar thing of like, this is truly what I want to be doing. But one, how can I make a living off of it? Because, you know, Ugh, yeah. we, we, need, <laughs> we need money to survive. It's, yeah, it's a totally. necessity. But also mm -hmm. like, but how do we create something that we enjoy without it becoming just like this thing that's causing more harm to the environment and people and, you know, this kind of... I, I've always had the same feelings about the fashion industry. I It's never mm -hmm. been something that I think twice about, but I do like creating beautiful things. I like putting out beautiful things into the world, but I have seen quite a few people over, especially since the pandemic, taking their work and creating this more of an art direction of things. And then they're having shows on it, or it's more of like, you know, if a painter were to paint a giant piece, they put it in a gallery and someone comes in there and sees the value in it and they buy that piece. But why can't it be the same for designers, for chefs, for like, you know, anyone who is some sort of artist, it doesn't have to be on a canvas, you know? Yeah. I was actually talking to a friend and like, <clears throat> she was asking me like, realistically, like, what is it that you want to do? And I was like, well, I would like to make one clothing but I'd like to have a presentation but have it be immersive like have it be mm. involved with everything from scent from you know music like lighting everything like but does it doesn't have to be extravagant like just things that are like a little pieces of my world like I can picture myself like having a room filled with like drapes and like fabric on the floor where everyone sits on and there's tango yeah. music playing like has to be more immersive than just like an item of clothing you know like I, mm -hmm. I just I'm not there yet and how I would get things done but like I see the vision and I'm working towards the goal and I think that this is like my next chapter is trying to make that vision come to life and where I can show my pieces and like the gallery and just completely decorate the gallery and, and and if you want to buy a piece great I'll make it for you but I don't want it to be like so you know consumer based you know like buy totally. this buy that like yeah she's probably walking in undies and I made those undies very like just an expression of what I've been feeling and I mm -hmm. think that that's the best way that I could describe it like it's my like that would be my canvas if that makes sense yeah I think that's really special I Yesterday, I actually just went through my closet and I have like three big bags of clothes that um, I'm donating. And it just kind of made me realize like in the, I'm not someone, I'm not a huge consumer. I don't constantly shop. I don't know what trends are hot. I don't know what designers are hot. I, I'm just, I know some of the things I like, but overall, I'm also not so much in that realm. And mm -hmm. this has been something I would say in the last two years, like this kind of shedding of, I don't know, this old version of myself. And it just makes me realize, like, I don't know, like what 
we've been brought to know as an expression of ourselves and like this need to constantly have newness, but then it just ends up in the back of our closet or shoved in a drawer or we'll wear this for this vacation or for next year. And it's just like, you know, it's a little intentional and I'm personally craving that shift in, you know, the art I surround myself with, the things I add to my wardrobe, the things that are in my home and what I spend my money on. So Mm -hmm. I definitely admire the person who's thinking outside the box of, okay, I like to design. I like to create beautiful things, but how can I deliver that in a way that I feel really good about? Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I would feel comfortable down the line to like have a brand if I was working with people that I feel connected to like for instance like I know that there's these production companies or like small production houses in South America where they only work with women and like Mm. that to me is like that's too close to home to me so like I would feel okay if I was working with women like that you know opposed to like there's nothing wrong with getting your things made in New York like you know I just personally need like a personal connection to what I do and mm-hmm. that would mean working with women from maybe Brazil or Colombia or Peru and like know that I'm also supporting them as mm-hmm. they make these small units and and feel good about it because you know <clears throat> there's people in other countries that don't have access to doing any of this and I feel like they get so excited when they're involved in something like that and like that to me brings me joy and like I could see myself you know, having a brand, but also having those other pillars that are important to me, as opposed to just having it feel so cold, where I just run to production and give them these pattern cards. And, you know, it it has to be more than just that. And I think that's just my personal take on that. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with the other way. But I think for me, it has to be more personal for me to actually enjoy what I do, you know, like it has to feel right. Yeah. And going off of that, I would love to know like a little bit more about your backstory, your upbringing, your, your study, um, your career up until this point. Okay. Um, yeah. So my, so back going back to when you said that, like you were buying things and you weren't really a consumer you didn't really know, like, you know, what trends there is out there like that's pretty much how like I grew up I grew up in a very loving home um both my parents were in love um but it was really difficult because my mom had left Colombia and traveled up through like you know all the way up through Mexico to try to find like a better life for her kids and my brother and sister, I'm the only one of my siblings that wasn't born in Colombia, but she, they had to come also in like the most violent way. Um, so I have an upbringing where I know both worlds of like being in America and like being privileged to like go to school and like have shoes, but my brother and sister, they would like go to, one of them would go to school in the daytime. And then the other school, the other one would go to school in the evening and they would meet at a location and switch shoes to Mm -hmm. go to school. So one would go to school with the shoes and and one would walk home barefoot. Like Mm -hmm. that was just like the poverty that I knew and like was around. So I never, I didn't think fashion design was for me or was even a thing because I thought you had to be rich to do it. Yeah. And 
my parents split up. My mom moved us to Florida and we had lost a house and it was like six of us in one apartment up until like I was in high school. And like we were in government housing. Like I, I didn't really know anything about fashion. Like when I kid you, know, like the only thing I knew was like Versace because like you'd mm -hmm. see it everywhere. But like I didn't know, you know, I wasn't like given a sewing machine at like 10 years old and just knew she wanted to be a fashion designer like I didn't mm -hmm. really have that I had to like learn it another way and that was through time but like you know there were it was just like really difficult for me because I didn't I always wore things and like would express myself in ways of dress but I just didn't know this was something that was out there like I just didn't think fashion design was a thing you know like I was like okay I'm gonna go to school I'm gonna help my mom I'm gonna make make money and be rich someday like that was like the mindset that I had um but yeah like it was it was it was tough because you know like I remember on like Christmas like we never really got to celebrate Christmas because we were that poor like we just mm -hmm. couldn't you know and I remember just like my mom one year got me like these like fake Ugg boots you know what I mean and I because everyone had Ugg boots and I was like oh my god I really want these everyone has it and I'd go to school and this girl's like are those fake it's <sighs> like oh my god yeah <laughs> like, and that's when it hit me that I was like okay I'm di very different from everyone else like mm -hmm. I just kind of would go to school and I would I didn't I didn't think twice like I thought everyone like lived in a small apartment but like I just didn't realize that and that's when I started realizing about what I wore and I was like so embarrassed and so shameful up until that moment or after that moment that I was like poor I was like oh fuck like I actually I'm embarrassed to show anyone where I live mm -hmm. you know because it was like very different from everyone else and like yeah it was a tough time for me especially and not to say that like I cared about those things but like I just my reality was so different like I would work at a yogurt shop to help my mom pay rent and help pay the bills like that mm -hmm. was my that was that was me as a teenager mm -hmm. and so like I didn't have you know I didn't know who designers were or anything like that um and yeah like I just I don't remember exactly how I was introduced to fashion I like one day I think I like applied or I had a friend she, she was like older than me and like we had met randomly somewhere like my brother's gay so he invited me to like this one of his like queer parties and there was like mm -hmm. this fabulous girl she was like wearing like all black and <clears throat> she came up to me and was like being really nice she was like 26 and I was like 19 or 20 mm -hmm. and like this is like the age I discovered fashion like I, I'm 29 now I discovered it when I was like 19 or 20 like it <laughs> It, I, it was like very new to me and it still is very new to me mm -hmm. but um she started telling me about everything because I was like I like what you're wearing and like I've never seen anything like that and she just like introduced me to all the stuff and then like you should apply at All Saints and then I did and then everyone that worked at All Saints was like so into runway and I had no idea what it was like <laughs> I was like what's that I was 21 and I was like what's that and like I felt like an idiot because like everyone there was like did you see Celine's new show? And I was like, yeah, so good. Like I was so fake. I was so fake. Like I was just trying to blend in into these like fashion crowd mm. kids that I was like so badly wanted to be a part of, but so shameful to like let anyone know who I really was. Yeah. And <clears throat> I remember one guy was like, 
did you see, did you see what Phoebe Philo did? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Like, I had to go in the back. I remember going to the back and like Googling the name. Cause I was like, I don't know who this is, you know? <laughs> and then, yeah, the more I did my own research, I was like, damn, you have to be rich to do this. Like, I really was like, I can't do this. Mm. I went to school for architecture. Cause I was like, yeah, I'll do architecture. That's like the same. You're just making things and like mm-hmm. making shapes. So I was like, yeah, this is fun. I ended up hating it. And it's just, it's, it's a, it's a whole, you have to love architecture to be in architecture. And one, you don't really make money in architecture. (laughs) So I was like, I can't do this. So then I finished and I got into researching like fashion design and I was like, okay, like this is doable. Um, I didn't go to an art school. I went to um, San Francisco state and Mm -hmm. they had a really great program about like textile science so there's also a lot of science involved mm-hmm. um they teach you like the basics of sewing and draping but it's mainly like um it's a really heavy science um degree oh interesting um, yeah so I went there because it was more affordable than like going to Parsons or anything mm-hmm. like that and I was paying I was paying for college myself so it was like really mm-hmm. tough so I was like 20 when I moved to SF to go back to school and yeah I suffered a lot in SF (laughs) but ultimately I learned it like I just learned how to sew like five six years ago Mm. so yeah my my discovery was just like very um late but better late than ever so yeah, I think it all comes with like timing and uh, like the older I get, the more I like trust that timing. Um, yeah. But, you know, similarly to you, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have people around me. Like the town I grew up in is like, we're all like fifth generation from when our, um, you know, our relatives came over from Sicily and Italy. And then my dad was from Lebanon. And so I didn't, and I was the oldest of the three of us. So I didn't really have anyone to show me like what cool fashion was. I didn't have designer bags. I didn't like, I just didn't know of any, and it wasn't like, it wasn't available to me. Um, so it wasn't until later on in life. And I also, I went to college and I studied fashion communications, which mm-hmm. isn't really, it wasn't a thing at the time. Like we were like the guinea pigs of that being a major. Um, but that really opened to my, my eyes to like the wealth in the world, what a lot of like my roommates, <laughs> what their living situation was versus mine. And, um, yeah. but also just the opportunity in the world to like, kind of yeah. explore what I want to do for a living. And that like creating things that I find beautiful is possible but like I don't know it took so long to even get to where I am and like my mindset of like creativity and everything so uh, yeah Yeah. it's a a whole thing so you went and studied and um so when you graduated did you stay in California or did you head um I technically didn't graduate because I couldn't pay for the last semester Mm -hmm. so I just left (laughs) I owed like $5,000 and at the time it was like the pandemic and I was like I have to go literally back to Florida and then like figure out my move to New York because I was like I can't I can't pay this and so I was there up until like I think June and then I went home to Florida for like a month Mm -hmm. my mom has a house there and now she lives in Colombia my whole family is back in Colombia but I I was there for like a month and then 
my partner and I moved to New York and just like never looked back. I was, mm-hmm. we were contemplating moving to LA. I was just, I'm not an LA person, neither mm-hmm. is my partner. And so we were just like, yeah, he's Irish. So it's easier for him to get to mm-hmm. Ireland. And also it's easy for me to get to my family in Colombia. <clears throat> so it just, it just made sense. Yeah. So you moved to New York during the pandemic? Yeah, 2020. Okay. That's when I moved to New York as well. Um, Where did you move from? uh, Massachusetts, where I grew up. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So not not super far. Um, And yeah. So, and then you recently just went home, right? Uh, I think I saw you traveling somewhere and it was like insanely like the nature and everything around it and your mom in nature. Oh my God. It it reminded me so much of my mom. I was like, oh, that's wholesome. She like makes me emotional. (laughs) You're so sweet. Um, Yeah, I went home for Christmas. I haven't been home for Christmas in like five years. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the first few years, I just couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And then the last three years, my partner took me to Ireland. Mm. Um, and this time I was like, look, like we have to go to Colombia. I can't, I can't, I have to go yeah. with my family, uh, you know? That's amazing. Um, it was great. Yeah. Uh, my family's from Bogota, um, which is like the capital. Mm. And yeah, it was nice to be there. Yeah. Like, it, it looked was, like, insanely beautiful. Like uh, the nature, I was like feeling like, uh, I don't even know, meditative, just looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's lovely. Um, and so, okay, so you moved to New York and is this kind of, were you already starting to uh, design pieces under your like name or like, when did that start to come into fruition? So uh, probably like, um, yeah, I think when I moved here, I had like the spark to do things, but like, mm-hmm. I would just, I would just make things like I wasn't necessarily like buying it Yeah. Uh, or like it out to people buying it I just mm-hmm. was like making things and taking photos of it and then that's when I started getting like are you gonna sell this and I was like I don't know yeah <laughs> you know I just like I was I think I've always just like to make things and then like I'd, I'd show it off into the world and then I'd get like oh are you gonna sell this oh this is great and I'm like yeah thanks <laughs> and that's all it would be like I wouldn't be like yeah it's coming soon yeah. I think it just kind of sparked when I was here and I was like okay I could sell things let me try to do this yeah and that's how it happened oh that's amazing yeah. yeah I feel I'm like almost a little shocked that you moved here in 2020 because from I think I discovered you when I moved here I, I'm not sure how and it to me who also moved around the same time it seemed like you had already kind of uh like had your roots here for a while um so. yeah everyone was like I thought you lived here and I was like I know <laughs> <laughs> I really have no idea I I think it's I I had friends here and like parasocial you know friends as well like through the internet mm-hmm. but I I never I've never lived here before okay gotcha but, yeah when yeah. you said that I was like oh wow okay I'm yeah I had no idea uh, yeah also crazy the assumptions we make on social media when never even yeah. like speaking no, to yeah, someone that's, that's and I know we had like a conversation earlier about this and like how like my upbringing and stuff and it's funny because it's like you know 
if you follow me, you wouldn't know that like I grew up in poverty, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like I did want to come on here and like, like tell everyone that like, it doesn't matter like <clears throat> how poor you grew up, like you can literally do anything. Cause like I, I went through some really tough times in my life where I literally had to like warm up the water as a child and like put it in the bath for me to take a shower or bath while my mom was like working like three jobs to try to keep things afloat. It's like, you wouldn't know that. And I think mm -hmm. it's important to shed light on that and let people know that like, sure, like you see fashion on my site, but like truly like I did not have the best upbringing. I had a lot of love, but I grew up quite poor and I'm doing what I'm doing now. And like, I don't want anyone in the same boat. I don't want that to hold them back. Like just because like you grow up a certain way doesn't mean that you can't achieve your dreams. Cause that's literally how I felt. Like I thought I could never do this. And like, mm -hmm. now I live in New York and I'm, you know, making things and like, you know, I feel good about it. Whereas like, I could have never seen this happening in my life ever, you know? So I think yeah. that's an important aspect to share as well. Cause I know we all get like lost in social media and we don't even know who the person is and we just assume these things, but like truly mm -hmm. it's like, you know, people have different upbringings. And yeah. Whatnot. And that's honestly, that was kind of the inspiration behind the podcast because the podcast, I started We All Dream in, I think of like March of the pandemic, like the first month of the pandemic. And back then I had such different ideas for what I wanted it to be. And then times were like making me question those ideas. And I really just realized I loved having open conversations with people and like really understanding their background and really understanding where they get their inspiration from and their processes and why they do what they do and like what lights the fire for them to do it and how they got there. And those conversations inspired me so much along the way and really kind of like made me realize what gives me energy and like what drains my energy. And I didn't have those figures around me growing up that were doing the things that I thought were possible as a career. Like I had no idea that I could ever be a photographer. I had no idea I could start my own business. And I don't even know, have conversations with like amazing people that I admire and look up to, but mm. having those conversations along the way, um, and just being like a curious person, like reaching out to people on social media and like asking questions and, I just realized I was like, I want to be the person that like facilitates these conversations to inspire those kids, no matter where they are, or people, even our own age who feel stuck um, or mm -hmm. any, any age for that matter. And they just know that like you, like there is a way and may, it wasn't easy. Maybe it is easy for some people. Maybe they were granted the finances or um, the parents who already had a career in that corner and that's mm -hmm. all fine and you know but there are also people who have had to really work for what you're seeing on Instagram right now and it doesn't yeah. tell the whole story there's a whole story behind it that you have no idea about but honestly those open-ended conversations they they allow for anyone to share their story and just let the world know that like it wasn't always like rainbows and butterflies and they really had to work to where they are now and that it is possible yeah definitely like I like when I think back about things like I I definitely get emotional because like I just would have never thought that I could do this you know and like even yeah. if it's like not a brand at the moment it's it's more of like an expression it's like 
I didn't think that was possible because the amount of times that I was like, I have to be rich to do this. I have to be rich to do that. Like it was just, I felt really, I felt like I was in a box and wasn't able to really express myself. And then the yeah. more I do research, it's like, no, it's, it's not like that. Like, it's just your mentality. And like, you know, I have friends that I grew up with that are like, you know, still in government housing and there's nothing wrong with that, but they're just, the mentality is just not there, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't have those people and nor do they want to yeah. go out of their situation. And like, it's tough. Cause like, I'll be like, Hey, do you want to come visit me? They're like, no, I don't go to any, like, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, it's even like when I go back home to Colombia and like the amount of such talented artists that are mm-hmm. out there, like designers and painters and especially ones that like come from Venezuela that have nowhere else to go and like are in the streets and like making these beautiful paintings or like sculptures it just like breaks your heart because it's like fuck (laughs) it's like yeah that's great like I live in America and I'm able to do this but like yep this person is in this position and doesn't know anything else like I don't know how this was like one of the main things that like sparked me like wanting to work with people outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. and like in situations like that because it's like they get to use their hands that they love working with and like be a part of something else that they've always wanted to be a part of. You know what I mean? They just don't have the opportunity. And like my brother works with, he's a director. He actually, funny enough, he discovered that he wanted to be a director. He knew his whole life he was in theater, but he (laughs) wasn't, he had to go to the army to like go to college. And he was like, during the time of like, don't ask, don't tell. Mm-hmm. and so it was difficult for him but he left and then was like selling houses in Florida and then made money and then like paid for a degree in you know film and like oh. now he's like making films and like he's in his 40s I have older siblings but like he yeah. is like literally the example of that like had a very tough upbringing and then discovered mm-hmm. things and like was like no actually I want to do this but he works with and meets with a lot of people in Colombia that like you know don't have you know, or, or aren't capable of buying their groceries and buy them yeah. groceries. And it's just like, you meet so many artists and he works with other artists as well that just didn't have the opportunity, but are mm-hmm. so talented, you know? And it's like, yet we only see what we see on social media. And it's sad, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'd love to give people an opportunity to also work in the art realm and mm-hmm. have them be satisfied and like, you know, get them paid and you know feel good about what I do but like it's it's like you know I met a lot of people that were just not able to have that and it's just really heartbreaking it really grounds me like excuse me when I come back to New York and everyone's just so caught up in like what are you wearing oh my god did you see this did you see that yeah. and I'm like guys this doesn't matter like there's yeah. fucking talented people somewhere else who can't even like eat yeah like I, I saw these musicians and they were like my age and they were singing along the beach and they were just such beautiful men like just so into their music and like Mm -hmm. you know they didn't have anything but they were so happy performing and I was like I'm gonna give them the biggest biggest tip ever yeah and he came up to me he's like thank you so much I can buy my dinner tonight like I just like it it like breaks my heart when I think of people like that I just like it's not fair you know like I I understand that struggle because like there were times that I could only eat when I went to school you know mm-hmm. and it's like it's crazy that there's not opportunities like that for people in those situations and like I do have like that guilt like what is it called again like first generation guilt where yeah. you like were able to like 
you know, live in government housing and things like that, even though mm. we didn't have, you know, much growing up, but like there's people like that, or even like my siblings, how they grew up, like mm. it was completely different how I grew up. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, oof, it just, it breaks my heart when I see that because there's more than just what you see, you know, mm. like just because you have the new so-and-so thing Mm -hmm. great but like also like just keep in mind that like there's more there's more to life than fashion and all that stuff you know like there's talented people elsewhere as well and I feel like keeping a humble approach has always been very good for me because Mm -hmm. it's like I can see where people get lost in like the New York fashion world and it's like you know you talk about like all the new things and I love to leave and come back and realize like where I'm from like how I grew up and like what's important to me and what are my values because it's like this is me in this world right you know yeah and how do you balance that you know living in New York it's a fashion capital everyone here is on a hustle to get to the top um and a lot of people quite frankly haven't seen that side of the world and they're very caught up in their own little bubble. And, you know, some people, you know, maybe they didn't have it in their family and they are just truly not aware of what goes on in the world, but, or they are, and they just tend to not look that way. So how do you balance that living in a place like this, having an upbringing where you saw it and, you know, you were raised in a home full of love, but you still saw these things and your siblings saw it on another level. And then you go home and you see that as well. So how does that all balance out living here? My friends. Mm-hmm. I think when I first moved here, it was really difficult to like really connect with certain people. And I think I tried hard, but I think I I was able to pick who understood me and understood my values and like also knows that there's other things beyond this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's <clears throat> I'm really like, I wouldn't say picky. I don't want to say picky because I am friendly with everyone and I will enjoy a conversation with anyone, but I think I'm selective in who I bring close to me. And the reason why is because they are just more understanding of certain things. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to filter those people out, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's my surroundings really like, you know, I don't care if I have like a, I mean, I have like, you know, my partner grew up completely different than me. He had like Mm -hmm. a housemate and like, you know, but it's also like educating him as well. Like sometimes he doesn't understand certain things Mm or like, and I'm like, okay, well like so-and-so this and -and so-and-so that I didn't have this. So like, just remember, you know what I mean? It's just also like, you don't have to educate everyone. Cause I also feel like over-educating people is also like, you know, just, it can be annoying sometimes, mm-hmm. but I think that for me, I just filter those that I know I will keep close to my heart. Like I, I, I can see the people that are going to be in my life forever. And then I can see acquaintances that I have nothing in common with, but I'll still be friendly with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like figuring out who your tribe is. And like, that's what I have been doing up until now. And I feel like I have a good tribe near me at the moment. Yeah. I love that. That will definitely get you through the environment of living in New York, I will say. Um, And that's really special to find those people because it can be quite a lonely city. And I feel like when you find that chosen family, it completely shifts the the experience of it Um, and just living here and it becoming more of a home. Um, And so 
what what is like the inspiration behind your designs? The last one that I did was my mom. My mom loves to wear sheer things. I named the Soledad skirt after her because she uh. had like this like <laughs> she was like the queen of sheer. Like she just loved wearing sheer things. She would like um <clears throat> she would like I don't know where she would find these clothes. I honestly think they were like maybe brought from Colombia or something because I've never seen anything like it. She loved to dress up with anything that she could find, and she had like this belt that had like fringe on it and I remember her wearing it with like this like black skirt and I was so obsessed with it I was like wow this is so beautiful and yeah she pretty much inspired the last um collection that I did but this new collection it's really emotional and like a lot of drama I'm my process has been like listening to tangos and like boleros and like flamenco Mm -hmm. and doing a lot of like rich history of like my great-grandmother's roots who's from she's from Catalonia and like just doing all of like that historical research and Mm -hmm. you know like listening to music really does inspire shapes for me and it's like I can sit here and I put on tango and I'm like I'll be crying like I'll be crying like it's like I think of it as like um I like picture this woman in like her living room and like putting on a tango record and like reminiscing on her youth and like, you know, she's at an old age, she's thinking about all the times that she had and her past. And like, it's like those little things are like little scenarios, like really inspire me. Like, what was she wearing? Like all of that. So it's like, my process has always been involved with music. And this is something I'm tapping into more. Um, because the spirit guide actually was like, music moves you. Like music does yeah. something for you. And I'm like, yeah, actually it does. Like it, it does send me. Mm. And I don't necessarily do like um much research on like past fashion I actually look like to look at like history history costume dress all of that also like things from like where my ancestors were from has really been inspiring me and also just music there's just sometimes I hear songs and like I think of like this shape and I'll just be like I'm gonna make this so it's been it's been a process of tapping into something that's not me. Mm-hmm. Like it is me, but it's not me. Cause I wouldn't necessarily wear the new things that I'm making. It's mm-hmm. like, it's for someone else. Like it's, I feel like I'm tapping into an ancestor who's like reminiscing back on her youth or something. Uh, there's I, a I lot just of got grief. Uh, that's... <laughs> there's like grief. There's like sadness. There's a lot of sadness mm-hmm. in this that I'm making. I can just feel it when I make clothes. I'm just like emotional for some reason and you know I'm like listening to like all this sad music all this like sad Spanish music and like sewing and I'm like I see it and I feel it and I don't know who this is for but I'm tapping into whomever this is and I'm making it for her or them like I don't know it's 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 new it's a new feeling and I I love whatever it is that I'm making at the moment because it it doesn't feel necessarily what I've shown in the past before Mm -hmm. there's more drama there's more emotion there's more you know I'm not thinking about the consumer it's all you know some pieces are conceptual like it's 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 more of an emotion you know like it's it's not so much of like um what is what is she gonna wear next for summer you know what I mean it's like it's it's more than that Mm -hmm. it's actually so funny because I am currently reading the artist's way and on the page I was reading last night it said something about um uh, 
it was in a different, I'm so bad at like memorizing the little parts, whatever, but it said something about sadness <laughs> opens your eyes. It, um, it's funny. Cause like, and so also like to include like the new design I have has really been inspired by my calls of the spirit guy that I've been having. And like, she doesn't know it, but it's mm. like, I tap, she like connects to my ancestors that like helped me guide my way through this new collection. And it's kind of been like my little witchy process, but she yeah. was saying how, and I didn't tell her anything. And she's just like, she was like, I just want you to know this, this, these, whatever you're making is not for you. And I'm like, oh my God, what? She's like, they're for something greater than you. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is how I've been feeling because I feel like I've tapped into whatever it is and whoever it is, energy to make something. And mm -hmm. she was telling me how like my grandma used to sew and she sews everything by hand. I have like a dress from her that she made for me. And she was telling me how my grandma is looking at me and thinking, wow, like, I wish I would have, or I'm, I wish that I would have known that this was something you could do, because she also didn't know, and she was, like, looking mm -hmm. at me, like, with so much, she was so proud that I was able mm -hmm. to do this, because she's always wanted to, like, you know, you know, make things, and, like, design things, but I just don't think that was available to her, yeah, and she was, she was, like, do you ever smell, like, 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 roses, and I was, like, oh, my God, <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like in my house and I'll like tell my partner, I'm like, Kieran, do you smell like those, those roses? Like, why do I smell roses? He'd be like, you're crazy. I don't smell anything. Oh, I was like, wow. I feel like I felt like everything was like meant to happen the way it did. Like I was having a hard time continuing Michelle Del Rio brand, but at the same time, I feel like it was much needed to understand like what it is that I do this for. Yeah. And it was like for something more than just me making clothing you know like it, yeah. it's more like I said it's it is an artist's expression more than anything at the moment and so when you created uh your last collection and you kind of just realized like that route wasn't for you of like thinking about what the girl on Instagram would want to wear or what your um, current customers would want to wear and more so things that you truly want to design and you were kind of just like questioning the brand a little bit what was like your step in kind of reframing <clears throat> your mindset and reframing the things that you want to create when I saw people making shell belts everywhere I yeah. was like fuck this I don't want to make a trend like I was like yeah. that's great but I at the same time I was like you know I and then like Acme Studios kind of did literally kind of copied a skirt of yeah. mine the Soledad skirt and I was yes. like you know what it could be really daunting for someone who's not big like that mm -hmm. and who just wants to make beautiful things. Mm -hmm. And it, I'm really protective with my friends, with things I do and like things I make. So it's like, I almost feel like it was like a shot to my heart. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Like it does hurt. Cause like you think of it and you think it's an original piece, but then you're just like, oh fuck, this is all already been made now you know what mm -hmm. I mean like it's out there in another way it's like people take your concept and make their own concept and it's like that's when I was like I don't know if I like fashion because yeah. I was like really determined to like make something special and this is like something else that I'm like reckoning with that like I need to understand that like everything I make is special for me in my own way like who cares mm -hmm. you know what someone else is doing but I had to literally like revisit why I do this and and what it is that makes it special to me because after I started seeing little bits and pieces of 
things I've made out there and someone else's concept I was like I don't know I really had like a step back I really like had a day where I like cried and I was like wow I, I don't I don't I didn't realize that this is fashion but of course it's fashion you know what I mean like I yeah. just didn't think of it like that like I was like this could never happen to me mm-hmm. so it was kind of like ouch um I thought I made something original and special for myself yet it could have been copied a million other ways later on and like that was my awakening I was like ouch okay let me try to <laughs> reframe this get a get a uh thicker skin because you kind of need that <laughs> yeah and that was actually something I was going to ask you is because it's something that I had seen and then I had also seen some other people posting and tagging you as well um, and I, I was going to ask how you handle other brands or people kind of taking your precious art and designs and kind of turning it into mass consumption. Um, probably the best advice that I got was from Mara Hoffman when I worked for her. And I remember coming in one day and I was like upset and she was really supportive that I was working for her and also like doing my own thing. And she mm-hmm. was like, she was like, Michelle, that's fashion. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that's fashion. Mm-hmm. And like, she knew I was really sensitive and I am very sensitive and I'm very protective and I just have to let that go. Yeah. And I have let that go. There's a part of me that will always stand up for what's mine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, that's the fashion industry, you know, like people take little things and then they make up their own thing. And like, that's just something that I am coming to terms with and also accepting that I don't have control over that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that is the world of fashion. And another reason why I stepped away from it for a little bit and just wasn't pushing the brand so much. Cause I was like really heartbroken, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah. And when she told me that I was like, you know what, you're right. And then she was like, also like, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> being watched like it's it's good and I was like okay okay but you know it is it it does it does hurt my heart that it happened but at the same time like you know get your bootstraps on onto the next thing like I don't want to make trends I just want to make things and like then good if I'm being you know seen and watched and saved on people's you know mood boards that's fine Mm -hmm. maybe it's a good thing and maybe I'll have my moment to shine as well and yeah yeah that's all I can say is just like you know protecting myself also like I don't follow a lot of accounts anymore like I unfollowed a lot of people and brands because I like don't want to see their work also because I don't want it to copy into my work and like mm-hmm. not thinking that I did which I think is so important when yeah. I make things like I'm I'm not looking at anyone's designs or anything because I just I would hate to copy someone you know um, on accident because it couldn't happen you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah just kind of going away from that and like stepping out of that world and like not looking too much into it and also like protecting myself and also having like realistic talks with myself like it's gonna happen Michelle like it's fine (laughs) Yeah, that was actually a really great piece of advice someone gave me a few years ago was to unfollow any accounts that are doing things similar to what you're doing or want to do, but follow, Mm -hmm. like how you said, like, oh, I don't 
look into fashion history. I look into my cultural history. I listen to music. I look at things outside of fashion to create my Mm -hmm. art. And that's actually how it should be done because then you're actually listening to your intuition and your creativity. Mm -hmm. And someone had told me that a few years ago. And now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, wait, I think I need to do a little bit of a a garage clean out on my social. Um, because it, yeah. really, it really does shift things. Um, it does shift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. It's funny though, because it's like, I also love watching film. Like the one thing that I'd love to do is costume design, like mm-hmm. make the actual original costume design or like design for the ballet, I think yeah. is like something more along those lines I would love mm-hmm. to be realistic. But I was watching this film called Mustang and it's a mm. Turkish film. It's like one of my favorite films ever. Yes, same. And yeah, there was these, like, they were saying like, oh, these were my ugly dresses that my mom put me in. And they were like the brown with like the lace in the yeah. middle. Yeah. And I was like, I'm in, this completely inspired me to make one of my skirts. It's like a sheer yellow mm-hmm. with like um, lace in the middle. And I made the skirt. And then one day I was like scrolling on Pinterest or something. And I saw that Mew Mew had made something like that years ago in the 90s. And I'm like, fuck did I just like accidentally copy Mimu? and I was like damn it so it's like <laughs> you know I get like that's when I had a moment I was like oh fuck like if I really did that like I need to like not look at anything because I was like yes. afraid someone was gonna call me out but I was like oh no like I really was inspired by this movie mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it's like I, I want to be careful you know because it's hard it's hard if you thought you had an original idea and then actually it was like done years ago you know so it's like protecting yourself but also like you know, learning and like yeah. knowing what's out there already, but it's, it, it can be difficult for designers to make original things. Cause like what hasn't been done already, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think it is really hard to come up with something that like no one has ever created. No, like there's no, like, I mean, we've lived on this planet for how many years, like things are going to be yeah. processed and done in a way that is unique to the person <clears throat> and the individual. It's actually um, mm-hmm. the, the week I'm on in this artist's way book. She asks us to not do any reading or like watching any TV or anything like that because it actually like clogs the mind basically of like coming up with your own thoughts and ideas. Like it's more of like escapism. And I feel like social mm-hmm. and Pinterest and all those things, it is great for inspiration. It is great for connection and all that, but it can kind of clog the mind and the creativity of thinking about what you like. I mean, sometimes I found it with myself of like, I'll find a brand and I'm like, oh my God, I love this brand, but it's not, I just love that brand for that brand. And then sometimes I'm thinking like, oh, well, do I need to, you know, create something within my own work that like is similar and, you know, is uh, attending to that kind of audience. And I'm like, wait, what do I actually like as a creative person versus what I'm seeing is popular on social. And then I start to think maybe I like that even as simple as like my wardrobe sometimes. And I think that's also come with age of like discovering, like, this is truly me (laughs) versus this is like something that I've been like, I don't even know, like psyched into thinking that I like, but I don't. Yeah. It's funny because like, yeah like I can tell you the thing the new things I'm making now like sure I would wear it for something but like I'm literally in like a t-shirt and denim and like my on like running shoes yes and like that's me like I that's how I dress and like it's funny because like 
some of my friends don't dress like that. You know, they're a little bit more fashion forward. And, and you know, I, I have moments where I am. Like, I, I will say that, like, I like to buy pieces that I know I will love forever. Yes. I'm fine with spending a couple hundred if I know I'm going to really love it. Like, I love mm-hmm. Lemaire. I love all my Lemaire pieces. Mm-hmm. But I also love, like, my white tees and denim and, like, my running shoes. Like, I Same. am, like, both people at the same time. But I'm, like, lately more, I've, like, been going out in, like, sweatpants and, you know, that's it. Like, it's it's very funny because, like, yeah, sometimes the things I make don't even match what I wear. <laughs> I was in my mid-20s. I had, like, a reawakening of, like, okay, what is it that actually makes sense to me in my wardrobe? Mm-hmm. And, like, what makes sense for me to buy, yeah. you know? And that's, like, another thing is, like, Uh, My partner and I often book travels last minute. We're both air signs. Like we're not really planners. What's your sign? I'm Aquarius. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's a Libra. Yeah. He told me. Yes. Because you're also a Libra, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I actually really don't, talking into astrology, like I don't really feel like I'm one, but. Well, I really feel like we <laughs> resonate most with like our rising. Like he's a Sagittarius. So he's kind of just like, he does, he's not a big, like he's very <clears throat> out in the world, not much of a planner and which works for both of us. But I will say like, sometimes we will book a little weekend getaway and I have to pack on like, you know, a carry on size suitcase. And for me, the awakening happened when I, when I'm at home and I'm looking at a full closet, literally stuffed with clothes. And I'm like, I literally have nothing to wear, or it's more of a nuisance to get dressed versus when I have this carry on. And for some, like somehow I can come up with a hundred outfits out of like the five pieces I brought because I'm getting creative with like scarves or I don't know, just like repairing things. And it really like shifted my mindset on like what kind of consumer I want to be and how I want to be more intentional with like what I store in my home mm-hmm. um, and really just having those special pieces that I can rewear for years and maybe if I have kids someday I can like even like pass on to them as corny as that sounds but then just having those basics no. that like I can wear in any environment yeah totally that's exactly I kind of have like a funny thought when I buy things like would my daughter wear this one day you know it's like I want it to be a special piece and not just wear it for like a year and then get rid of it you know and it's like I I I don't buy much I think what I I do get a lot is like facials and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but I don't buy much clothing all the time if I do I have no problem if it's you know on the more expensive I just have to know that I'm going to love it you know like I need to make sure that this is what I want you have your designs and your brand and you're kind of shifting things so you also just like to clarify for people listening who maybe want to do something similar or they want to explore their art and you know on social media it looks like a lot of people are pursuing our own businesses full-time but there has to be some sort of income stream for those so you do also a full-time job as well yeah yeah, I work a full-time job. I'm a marketing manager at a um, boutique PR and marketing firm. And so that's what I do in the daytime. And then when I come home, I'm like sewing. Okay. Um, and I will say it is helpful. Like mm-hmm. it is helpful. I think you got to keep doing what you're doing until the other thing becomes your full-time thing. And I like yeah. truly strongly believe that um, it'll happen for us all. Mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, you got to keep afloat. You know, yeah, like you got to pay the bills. I have, to, you know, I pay for the materials. It's like expensive. It's mm-hmm. so, you know, yeah. It's it's kind of like I am always like, damn, I really just want to do my own thing. But it's like <laughs> realistically, you'll get there. 
yeah faith you know but I think that it's important that you know you're able to especially coming from poverty like I I need I need it for my mental health like I need to know that I have a check coming because like I have financial anxiety from like when I was younger like Mm -hmm. everything was always ripped out from under us yeah so I it's nice to know that I had like a check coming and I can get groceries you know pay my bills or if I want to like do something leisure like this is the first time in my life where I actually can like you know enjoy dinners and get facials and like things like that and so it's like I'm careful with my money of course but like you know I'm I set aside for myself and I also set aside for my you know my artist expression so I, I do think I do think that it's helpful. Like, I don't know any of my friends who have their own thing on the side who don't have to do jobs. Like, it's mm-hmm. just kind of like the New York way. And, you know, it's 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 it's, it's reality for us, you know? <laughs> yeah, seriously. You know, rent just went up. So it's like... <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's actually insane. Sometimes I'm like, like the things that I'm doing, I could literally live in the middle of the woods somewhere. <laughs> And just like focus on that and pay a lot less rent. But, you know, the city brings such an energy that it's almost a little bit addictive. Um, And so, so what, like the thing I find a lot of people struggling with that, like work the full-time job, and then they also have their passion that they're, you know, really working to build up on the side where you have the energy to give to your full-time job that, you know, is uh, providing the income to invest in something that you really love, but then also coming home to work on your art. Having studio days is important. Like before I was like work and then, and mind you, it's also where you work. Like I'm so grateful that I have an understanding boss. Like I like my colleagues. I, yeah. you know, I, I think that we have a really great, um, work-life balance, all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while to find a spot like this <laughs> but yeah. um when I first moved here it was difficult because it was just like work 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 and after work I'd just completely be so run down and I'd still have to sew to make orders and yeah. I think it's giving myself studio days is important so like mm-hmm. say Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays also I'll mm-hmm. give myself like six hours of the day to sew like actually treat it like it's work and then you have Sunday to relax or you have mm. Monday after work to relax, have a workout, like go grab dinner. It's like important to separate that work life, but also like your passion mm-hmm. and give it days where you can work on it. Because if you don't, everything just kind of bends into one and you realize that you're overworked, may you're maybe malnourished, you know, it's, you're tired, you're agitated. It's important to set those boundaries for yourself because if not, like you will crash and I unfortunately did crash yeah. at one point so yeah it's just having the balance and like scheduling yourself studio time I was talking to a friend who's a painter and she just bought her own studio oh, she nice. had to separate her like work home because she worked in her home mm-hmm. and had no space to paint and she finally found a studio and she's like I need to start like separating my days where I paint like I have a day to rest, then I have days that I'm in the studio and it's like five hours. I'm like, yeah, like that's how you should be doing because it's even so it's like, even if you don't have a studio, give yourself times during the week where you can focus on that Mm -hmm. and have that be your main focus. And then you could do other things because if not, it just gets so messy if you don't limit yourself and give yourself the time frame to work on your stuff because it could just be really it could be a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and do you like work out of your home or do you go to a studio to work? 
no we just moved to manhattan mm. um like last june we had to leave our apartment in brooklyn and we had this big space so we just came to a smaller apartment in manhattan so it's mm-hmm. been like a struggle yeah trying to work out of the living room but it's not like a small small apartment but it is like I mean we lived in a massive three-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn and now we're in like a one-bedroom in NoHo um apartment Mm -hmm. and it can be difficult um just because I feel like it's just difficult because I like to separate work from even if it's like you know sketching like I I just need a separation from like work and home and like I don't have that and you know hopefully one day I can have a studio where I work out of but yeah I'm like working and draping out of my living room I'm like sewing out of my living room Mm -hmm. everything you probably bought for me has been made in my living room (laughs) but there's love in that you know it's like kind of yeah I don't I don't really hate it like I kind of love it at the same time because it's like I put on candles like I'll you know I'm a big candle person. So, you know, I'll clean before and like create the environment. And then I just sew and I put on tango music and I'm just working. So it's also, it's a love and hate thing. But at the moment, I do love it. Wish I had somewhere to go work. But I I also think that it's like a part of the process right now that I'm enjoying. Yeah, for sure. It, It honestly, like buying a handmade piece just brings me back to my childhood. And like one of my aunts, who's an amazing seamstress, would like create our costumes for us. Um, like all of the cousins and there was like, I don't know, maybe like 20 of us and she would literally hand sew each costume. And I'm like, there is just like, that just hits differently for me. Like knowing where it's coming from, knowing that that person was at home and putting love into it. It's the same thing. Like my dad's an amazing cook and like those meals have so much love in them. Uh, Mm. And so that just for anything, anything that I consume, purchase, uh, visit, explore, like when it's done. And I know that it's like done with love by that person. It's just, it brings such like a special feeling to my heart that I just don't receive when I'm, I don't know, having other experiences in life. Um, but it's funny because I was so insecure about like my handmade garments for a while. Cause like, I just learned how to sew six, I think, I don't even know, like five or six years ago. And I can say that I'm a decent sewer, but I'm not an excellent seamstress, you know, where like other people have like seamstresses working for them that I've been sewing for years. And so I used to be so insecure about like, oh no, this like, you know, this, this, this sewing line's a little crooked. And my friend's like, shut up, this is handmade and it's great. And I'm like, okay, yes, thank you. I need that reminder. Cause like, you know, it's like, you're, you want, I, the only, I use quality fabrics for all the things I make because Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I if I'm making this by hand, I want it to at least be really great fabric yeah. quality. Like if there's, if there's a seam that's a little crooked, I'm so sorry, but I had made this with love and at yes. least there's good fabric involved, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I used to be really insecure about it, but now I'm like embracing it. You know, at my old job, I um, was a brand designer and um, doing, exploring like interior design. And that was the thing I almost mm-hmm. studied for college. So similar to you with architecture, I almost went into mm-hmm. interior design, which I know is so different. And an architect would be so mad if I compared the two, but, well, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> which, <laughs> there, there is no comparison, but similar, similar realms of things and similar um, realm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember learning about the style of Wabi Sabi. And I was like, oh my God, this has transformed my life because it's just like, uh, the like the natural kind of messiness or mi mix match of things that nature produces. Like you're <laughs> never going to find two of the same exact things. And so like shopping more with like local artists or ordering, like I just ordered mugs online um, from a ceramicist that I know and they came and they were just a little bit different. And I absolutely love that. I, you know, I hate yeah. match too perfectly. And like, I, I like the little bit of like mix match or, you know, so I think it's actually very, I don't know, lovely that if someone gets a skirt and maybe a seam or is that what you said? Like a seam or something might just be. Yeah. Like, you know, when you look at a seam or it's like, it's perfectly straight mm -hmm. or like, it's like the, the top stitching is like perfectly straight. Like with me, like there might, you know, it might be a little wonky along the way, but overall yeah. it's straight, you know, but I love yeah, it. That's... I love it. <laughs> it's the wabi-sabi um, style yeah that's so funny I almost went into interior design too but I got into fashion because I was like okay I want to design things but yes. it ended up being fashion yeah it's just my mom always <clears throat> says it's just like you want to create beauty in your life yeah I remember the one thing I was really good at was like theory and we had to write a lot of like papers on like theory I remember like yeah. one of the biggest papers I had was like you know what is like what is what does a threshold mean to you and I was like what the fuck and I was but thank god that I'm like really into philosophy it was like basically why is a living room different from the bedroom and what does that threshold mean to you and why does that threshold have importance in designing a uh um a room and I was like what the actual fuck <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ yeah so that's what held me back from even like interior design um and I remember like I sat in at a school for a day because my dad was really adamant that like whatever I chose I would stick with uh mm -hmm. and I remember sitting in with a class and just like all the math and the measuring and I was like oh this is not for me which is exactly why I honestly didn't do um fashion design and I I, I don't regret it, yeah. but I do yeah. wish I had the skills to sew because there are a lot of things I want to create for myself or for we all yeah. dream and just for things like even around the house, like um, a sink curtain and things like that. And I literally, yeah. I have no idea how to sew. I've actually been thinking like, maybe I should just take like a little class on how to sew yeah, or like, take a sewing class. It's never yeah. too late. Or even like a yeah, design I can... class, you know, like something, yeah. explore yeah. it. I, um, that's so funny. I'm so grateful for architecture though, because it's made pattern making easier because mm. it's like you have to, everything's a pattern and like there could be measurements that are, you know, off by like, you know, an inch or like yeah. everyone else in the world works in centimeters. So it's like, thank God that I learned blueprints and all that stuff because like when we were first being taught pattern making everyone else was like what the heck is this yeah. like no one knew how much math was involved in like fashion design and I was like thank God that I was in architecture because like yeah. I can see this you know yeah I truly believe like everything we do even if we don't continue down that path is setting setting us up for the next thing like even working a full-time job and like you know dreaming about sometimes being totally on your own I believe that those jobs are giving you a skill for whatever you need down the line. Yeah, exactly. Same with, same with schooling, totally. everything, but, um, or just life in general, honestly. Um, and so, okay. My final question for you, which you kind of already spoke upon, but if you want to go deeper into it is what are your dreams for the future? Um, good question. 
I does it have to involve like my career or could it just no be it can be any okay I think I really I need to travel a lot more there's mm -hmm. something calling me in the south of Spain in northern Africa like there's something out there that is ancestral to me and I don't know what it is and I feel like I need to go there mm -hmm. um and it does involve my design like I think there's something out there that I need to see yeah. and I don't know what it is I keep feeling that feeling but yeah, I think for me, it's there and like Romania. It's like those three places have been on my mind for years now and mm -hmm. have been somewhat involved in like the research of what I've been making now. And mm -hmm. I think that the trip out there is much needed. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to plan to go to Romania, the south of Spain, and I'm going to go to northern Africa and just travel. And I think that mm -hmm. that will be a good place to start another collection perhaps you know yeah um and you know what and involving you know clothing I think that I I want to do more presentations and I don't mm -hmm. want to do it you know during fashion season I want to do it off season I want to you know find places that'll let me decorate the space and have a immersive little presentation maybe I bring in tango dancers wearing my clothing maybe I do mm -hmm. like live flamenco or something like that like those elements yes. I would love to do more of in my life I think no yeah. for sure I, I want to do that I love that okay it's been manifested now we release it um <laughs> uh yeah that's amazing I I honestly feel like if you're called to a place in the world there is something there for you I'm such a huge believer in that and like travel is uh I I like I don't really care about winter I, like it doesn't really bring such like a season a seasonal depression or anything like that what brings me that feeling of a seasonal depression is when I don't travel and like emerge mm. myself in different cultures yeah. and places and just remember that there's like places in the world outside of my bubble here um oh, that's so important yeah it just brings so much clarity to me and what I want to do and mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm a little bit aloof, I would say. So sometimes I see myself getting a little bit off track and then I go on a trip and I'm like, whoa, wait, this is not my purpose. I yeah. know exactly what my purpose is. And things take me a little longer maybe than the average person because of that, but it's all part of the journey. And I, you know, I, yeah, travel is one thing I will always spend my money on, always. Yeah, I just think it's important to, see other cultures yeah and, you know and like I remember when I was in Dublin and we were like walking around and like um Romani gypsies for some reason like I just have some sort of like love it's intense love for them yeah. and like I know they live like a very crazy life and they're not liked by a lot of people but like mm -hmm. you know there there's something about them that really does call me and I remember seeing like a mother and daughter in like Dublin and they had these beautiful handmade garments and like this long braid with like a red tie and their braids and I was like they had little charms in their hair and I was like oh my gosh like their history is so rich mm -hmm. and like that's the kind of thing that I love to see is like you know I, I like to see how people live and like their environment and also like their 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 way of dress and like how they communicate and like you know, and they're, they're also like a part of a, another, they're a group of people that I just love to do more research on because I just yeah. find them so fascinating. Mm. 
yeah also the the irish travelers like they're 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 like known as they're like irish travelers i guess they're like an irish gypsy i don't know people get mm-hmm. offended by saying gypsy but like it's that's you know even gypsies call themselves yeah. gypsies so i don't know yeah but um i think it's just like the people that are nomads i'm so inspired by because they just have no rules and they're so free and they're so a part of their community and like that to me is just beautiful and the irish travelers they're so funny to me that way like they're just like all in caravans and they all have like their little ponies and they're just like you know they're just they they wear like these beautiful tweed like clothing and they have their little hats and i'm just like wow these the nomads of the world really inspire me and i think that like being in places where they exist or you know they live is like interesting for me to see yeah it's so interesting i'm not like a big european kind of traveler like i don't really care to go to like germany or like france or anything like there's yeah i I love i'd like to go to more places like northern africa or like the middle east and like those places inspire me the most yeah i i remember traveling to lebanon for the first time with my dad when i was little and literally making eye contact with this little girl who was a gypsy and she was the same age as me and we were just staring at each other for so long Mm -hmm. just like really like I don't know, like exploring how each other, like how we look and just the energy, Mm -hmm. like so Mm -hmm. curious. And I just, my dad used to joke when I was little, when I would misbehave, like, I'm going to send you off with the gypsies. And I'd be like, go for it. Like, I want to go off with the gypsies, but yeah, um, yeah, it's something ancestral there, perhaps like, um, there has to be for sure. There's, um, there's this really good documentary that you and everyone else should watch. It's called Julia of the Earths. And it's mm. this woman who, she grew up really wealthy um, from, she was, I think she was Persian. And then they ended up moving to London. Mm. And she ended up like writing a book, how to take care of your Afghan hound. And she used plant medicine for dogs. And so she was an Afghan hound breeder. And then she decided to leave her life and live with the Spanish gypsies. And she was just, it's the most beautiful documentary. Like all the Spanish gypsies know her. And she uses plant medicine. She's like learned their ways. She's like literally become a part of them. Like she had her daughter with the gypsies and like, they were like, there was like a, I think there was like a scene where she was talking about like one of the, I didn't, I wasn't able to supply milk and one of the goats came over and like gave my baby milk. It was like the craziest thing. What? It's a fascinating documentary. It's called yeah. Julia Beards. We will I remember crying. Like I was crying when she was like, there's a scene where she's like yelling to the cows how much she loves them. And she's like, she'll never hurt them. And I was like sobbing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's a oh wonderful woman. I definitely need to watch that. I've been like craving a really good documentary and film lately. I'm just like, uh, I feel like that is, we'll add that into the show notes for sure. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that you brought up uh, your travels to Ireland because so my mom's family is Irish as well. They're Portuguese, mm-hmm. Italian, Irish. And then my dad's side is Lebanese. And I actually haven't really explored my Irish side that much. I don't know of any mm-hmm. family in Ireland and I've never been and it, it's just always been a more focus, I guess, on the Italian um, and Portuguese side of things. Um, mm-hmm. And I recently just watched a film like based in Ireland. I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to look back on my um, history. Is it a new one? 
No, it's an older one. Um, but I was just like, like the people and the views and the stories. And I was just like, maybe I need to go to Ireland. And then I was sourcing because I'm doing a, we all dream like vintage collection that is inspired by um, my ancestors and just my upbringing and things that I'm Mm -hmm. curating and collecting for this little shop. And um, which is something I really love doing is like curating. And so Mm -hmm. when I was back home with my mom, that's something that we will go do together sometimes. And I found two books that are like Ireland, like uh, the beauty of Ireland and like some other book. And I was flipping through the images yesterday when I was like taking photos of these books. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if I can like sell these. Like I, I love them. I need them, like the imagery and the people and the places. And so now that you've brought it up, I'm like, okay, this is clearly my sign to go visit my roots in Ireland. And uh, my partner actually just got us the ancestry I know a lot of people are like against doing that kind of stuff but the ancestry uh tests like to see like what exactly oh no I I'm gonna do that because I am I am so mixed like I don't even like I say I'm Colombian but like I that's my mom's side but like I am so mixed like my dad's extremely mixed so same I get people that are against that but it's also nice to know (laughs) I was actually gonna get the ancestry um test this Christmas but I think I might get it soon because my mom and dad are both mixed mm-hmm. I just say Colombian because it's like culturally what I grew up with and my mom is Colombian but like my dad is Mexican and Polynesian mm-hmm. and my mom is Colombian Afro-Colombian and my grandma is first generation Colombian so like literally are from Catalonia and so we've always my mom's side's always been drawn to like um you know Morocco for some reason and mm-hmm. I don't know if we have roots there, but like it's, there's something in Northern Africa that like I feel is very strong and prominent on my mother's side. So on my dad's side, I don't, I'm not really connected to like my Polynesian roots or like Mexican roots because I didn't grow up with them. And my dad is like literally a, or was like a very California bro. Like he was like, (laughs) you know, from, he grew up in Camarillo and Ventura and it's like a very surfer, like, I don't know. My dad's a drummer. And so like, he was just very Cali, you know? So he was very removed from anything that was his culture. So I didn't grow up with that. So it was like heavily on the Colombian side, but you know, like there's so much, I don't know. So it would be good to even just do that for myself and do the research. Like I think it's important to know. Yeah, for sure. I actually see, it's crazy you say Morocco because I was there last spring. My stepmom is Moroccan um, and that's actually where her and my dad will retire in a few years. Um, Oh, nice. And so we went as a family for the first time to just see where she's from and to see, you know, where my dad will be living and all that. And your, even like your, the way you curate your page on Instagram and your designs and your website, um, you if you haven't been to Morocco when you go and um, especially like Marrakesh and um, the there's like mountains around that you drive up and there's all of these craft crafters and just like Mm -hmm. amazing like little side road um, like shops and when I say shops I mean like tents Um, and it's like you know those clay materials and the um, textiles and everything and um, I can definitely see you going there and just being like, oh, wow, like the connection. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Also, like Tarifa in Spain. 
Like mm. there's just something yes. out there in the world that's calling me. Like it, it, it's, it's been in me since I was little. Like I was like a little girl and, you know, everyone's like, I'm going to go to Paris for vacation. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I never want to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went, I went and had a horrible experience, actually a horrible, oh. horrible experience. I was like chased at a hotel room and this guy was calling me a dirty Moroccan. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, it was horrible. I was Ugh. like 16. And like, now that I'm older, I'm like, well, thank you because Moroccans are beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually crazy during the pandemic before I moved to New York, I had watched um, Mustang and I felt such a connection <sighs> to the movie. I felt such a connection. To I'm obsessed. It, it was such yeah. a good film and I felt so inspired by it. And honestly, before moving to New York, I didn't know anyone from Turkey, like at all. And I almost feel mm-hmm. like the connection I felt for this movie manifested some sort of energy or my, mm-hmm. my energetic realm already knew of something because my partner is from Turkey and now I've gone to Turkey mm. uh, twice, like month long stays. And a lot of my friends wow. are Turkish and a lot of the inspiration I've been getting from We All Dream and um, just like life in general and like the films yeah. I've been watching and the music I've been listening to, it's all Turkish. Um, I have a whole playlist of Turkish. My, I grew up with my mom obsessing over Turkey. Like my really? mom is still obsessed with Turkey. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can send you some songs. Like I yes. love Turkish music. <laughs> we'll have to have you over for like um, a Turkish dinner. It's honestly, I would love that. yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of crazy though, how travels or even like films of a place you would never think to go, or you don't even know anyone from there. And it just like sparks something. Yeah. And I really learned to like trust that. Um, Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, I honestly feel like I could talk to you all day. Um, (laughs) I'm like, there's so much, but um, thank you so much for being on for an episode. I'm so excited to share this and uh, yeah, thank you for just being open and vulnerable and sharing your story. And I know it's going to resonate with so many people and just open doors to maybe like spark something for a lot of listeners. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was a lovely conversation. Like, thank you so much for thinking of me and bringing me on. I was so excited when you message me I was like what (laughs) I think it was I was even called to collaborate with you somehow before I even knew how I was going to introduce we all dream to the world and which is which is crazy yeah yes so I'm so glad and I'm sure there's much more to come and I'm so excited to see where your new explorations bring you and just to support them thank you so much I really appreciate it before speak soon Yeah, speak soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.